Hello, and welcome to the ads. This is Hey, That's Not My Music 7. This is the number one source for covers of songs by people you don't remember singing them. Are you nostalgic for a previous time, but want to hear it sung by somebody different and strange and new? Listen to That's Not My Music. With hits such as... Justin Bieber singing the Beatles classic, My Guitar Gently Weeps. Well, my guitar gently weeps, oh, baby. And of course, who can forget... Bob Dylan covering Carlos Santana's Smooth. How oh, you're just like the ocean over the moon. It's as sweet as the emotion that I get from you. Might be the worst Bob Dylan I've ever heard. <laughs> it's bad. I'm not an impressions guy. We've we've established this many times. <laughs> Bob Dylan, a little bit more nasally. Let's work. Let's workshop this. Just like workshop. the ocean under the moon, moon. <laughs> it's the same as the emotion that I get from you. You got the kind of loving that could be so smooth. So give me your heart, make it real, or else forget about it. Yeah, that was good. There's you gotta, li- get, you there's gotta get a little. I, there's a little. Slide bit. a little towards Brando, but <laughs> there's a. Yeah, it's it slid a little towards Kirk too. There's a, <laughs> um, <laughs> the funny thing about Bob Dylan is that he either gives a fuck or he doesn't, right? <laughs> so like Bob Dylan, um, like a Rolling Stone, right? Yeah. yeah. On a day that he doesn't give a fuck, like a Rolling Stone, it's like he doesn't <laughs> even finish the he doesn't finish the meter of his own song, let alone the melody. So call 1-800-THE-BUNKER and get your copy today. Theme song. When you're back on your heels, you're not sure what you know, but you know how it feels. <laughs> how it feels. How it feels. How it feels. Hello, Internet, and welcome back to... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That the... <laughs> I only say one thing after theme song, all right? Hello, Internet, and welcome back to Draft the Universe. This is the Nerd Fight Battle Royal. This is the podcast where we pick a topic, pick our favorites, and then fight to the death, or maybe just for bragging rights. I'm Jafar. I'm Chris. And I'm Ben. And we're here today to debate cover songs again. Wait, Kind of on brand. Kind of on brand wait, for us. Yeah. Wait, did I, did, what did I miss? Did I miss? Did, we already, did you guys already debate it without me? No. Were, no. You, were you in France? No. Well, what did you miss? I'm, I'm, well, I was on vacation. I, I can't make a Hamilton reference layup like that to you, Chris, and not have you not sing the line. <laughs> <laughs> what did I miss? <laughs> yeah, what right. did I miss? You know, maybe that's the cold open. <laughs> <laughs> my whole, my, 
Bunker my home, cold home. I want to give you a kiss. <laughs> it's so cold. <laughs> Never really. Where the hell were you? Oh, I was in San Juan. You got out of the bunker? And you went to San Juan. I was and in San Juan. And now you're back. Okay, so I remember being in San Juan. Okay. okay. I don't remember leaving the bunker. Okay. I don't remember leaving San Juan. And honestly, I kind of just came to in this chair about 20 minutes ago. This is kind of just the first natural break in our your normal flow where it makes sense to mention it. So how yeah. did I get here? I thought it was weird that you were sitting here when I got here because normally you're late, not yeah. early. Hmm. So I just thought you were making up for your typical tardiness. But Yeah, like you knew that you missed last week, so you got here extra early this week. Well, I was definitely in San Juan last week. Okay. Huh. The food was delicious. Yeah? Food? I remember that. Yeah. <sighs> Tell us more. Did you see the sun? You know, logically I know I must have, but I can't remember. Unless it was San Juan. Nights. Nights. Secrets. No, but it wasn't. Okay. I'm fairly okay. certain it was... San Juan day. Days? San Juan Days! days. <laughs> In San Juan! I definitely ate some some shrimp empanadas. Ooh, that sounds great. They were delicious. I don't know if it was actually shrimp on the inside. But they were empanadas on the outside? They were empanadas on the outside. Mm. The man claimed that they were filled with shrimp, and they were tasty. Um, I did did vividly hallucinate for hours afterwards, though. That sounds like a fantastic trip. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the going to San Juan sounds great, too. Yes. Yeah. Both both of those things are great. Fantastic. Well, we're uh, glad you're back, yeah. and we're glad we, that you are here to debate cover songs. Mm-hmm. And we can go ahead and get right to it. Uh, the first match is Ben versus Jaffer. All right, and we have here, again from last time, the giant bag of cigarettes from Joe Cocker. It was a, yeah, it's a Santa bag um, full of cigarettes, and the, uh, it's not so much an, Aroma as like a physical presence, right? I can taste it before I can smell it. It's very strong. It's kind of like somebody took the entire like vibe of a pre-smoking band bowling, uh, bowling, bowling alley, bowling alley, uh, and and pushed it all into one velvet bag. Uh, All right, so I've got a I've got a pick here. I've got a criteria here. Uh, gentlemen, lock in your picks. All right, Ben. I'm going to go with "Across uh, the Universe" by David Bowie. Okay. Um, and I will follow up that with the Dresden Dolls doing David Bowie's "Life on Mars." Okay. your cover song is now the theme song of a tv show describe the show this is funny because there is a show called life on mars and that was yeah there's more than one even (laughs) so i think there can really only be one answer to this 
Yeah, Jai Guru uh, De- Deva. You just say that repeatedly for about 20 minutes. Well, no, see, because I believe you misheard the lyric. Okay. So there is only one option for what can have the show that can have the theme song of Across the Universe as performed by David Bowie. Sure. Now, as we know, Across the Universe was first recorded in 1970. It was inspired by a book that came out five years previous. That that line is Shai Halud. Deva Om. Oh. Okay, so just to be clear, I'm fairly certain... Because nothing's going to change your world when you have prescient vision. I'm torn right now, because Ben is clearly pandering, but I think he got a date wrong. No. Dune was written in 1965. Across the Universe came out in 1970. Well, I mean, Across the Universe, the film came out in 2007, but... Yes. Yeah, hold on a second. You are correct. That is so strange. I always in my head have it that uh, 1969 was the year the Beatles broke up. And I'm right, because John Lennon pu- privately informed the Beatles in 1969 that he was leaving. But Well, they also like were breaking up the last three years they were together. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. But with, with that, it can only be a animated Dune serial. Ooh. They've learned their lesson. It can't be done on the scale it should be as a practical show. So they do it with cornflakes and marshmallows? What? It's a Dune cereal. Oh, God. (laughs) See? That's how that feels, Ben. (laughs) How many times have you done that to me, Ben? How does it feel? Tell me how it feels. It feels pretty great. How does it feel? (laughs) Sorry, that's a Bob Dylan song. That's my territory. You guys get off. No, so it is a serialized Dune animated uh, show that allows them to do all of the crazy, trippy things that Dune needs them to do. Interesting. I like it. Um, Yeah, okay. And the, the theme song plays over a title, which is what is going through the mind of a guild navigator as they bend space. Ooh. Very nice. Okay. okay. Fair. Well, nice pandering, Ben. Good job. I'm very proud of myself right now. <laughs> so there is a uh, British TV show called Life on Mars mm-hmm. that had David Bowie's Life on Mars as the theme song. Yes. But as the Dresden Dolls are an American band, and there is a high prepensity for Hold British... On a what word was that? Prepensity? Propensity? Yeah. You throw a syllable in there? There's an extra syllable. Per- okay, yeah. sorry. Propensity. Okay. Uh, I only had one cup of coffee today, so it's been gotcha. it's been a dragger for me. I'm at like three cups to function like a normal human being right now. I understand. I have the same problem. Yeah. Um, addictions, am I right? Yeah. Anyways. I was uh, just on vacation for ten days. I find myself wanting to nap in the middle of the workday a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um so anyways, um, a lot of British shows get brought all over and made into American shittier versions of those British shows. Sometimes the American versions turn out better, but most of the time they don't. They get a pilot and then they never go farther than that. So I'm going to pitch a American version of Life on Mars that the Dresden Dolls cover of Life on Mars is the theme song for. Now, in the original Life on Mars, it stars John Sim, who's fantastic, um, if you're familiar with him at all. He was the master in Doctor Who is probably his most... Mm-hmm. Um, Noteworthy. Um, and he gets, uh, he's in a car crash. It's like 2008, he's in a car crash, 
and he wakes up in 1973 for some reason, and he's a police officer there. He's also a police officer in the future, and he ends up having to mentor uh, his morally lax boss, who is a inspector, uh, and then he uh, gets a new recruit as well, and he knows that this recruit will grow up to be his boss, who later mentors him. So they ran for a couple seasons on the Beeb, and what we're going to do is we're going to take this and make it more American. So we're going to set it in Boston, which is also the city the Dresden Dolls are from. Cool. Uh, so we get that overlay with it being set in London. Um, we're going to uh, have what the main character is going to die in a terrorist attack of some kind. Uh, either something in the United States or overseas um, to help kind of drive the plot. And he's going to get sent back in time. And in his adventure there, he's going to encounter a young boy who he knows is one of the people who masterminds the terrorist plot that kills him in the future. Hmm. Okay. So he has to try and guide. He, like, he can't bring himself ethically to kill this child knowing that he's going to grow up and do this terrible thing. So he tries to insert himself into the child's life and direct him for the better to avoid becoming a terrorist and killing him in the future. Hmm. It's an interesting idea, Jafar. In fact, they did it in 2009. Did they? Yes. <laughs> Ran 17 episodes. That show or an American version of Life on Mars? An American version of Life on Mars. Oh, I did not know there was an American version of Life on Mars. <laughs> <laughs> what was the theme song for that? Um, I can what? look it up. A different cover of Life on Mars, I hope. I'm going to laugh so hard if it was the Dresden Dolls. <laughs> I am sure it was not. I'm also sure it was not, but... Um, I can't find that information. Uh, to sleep, perchance to dream, it was the Dresden Dolls. Also, oh yeah, there it is. Okay, it was on ABC. Yep. Ran for 17 episodes. Time travel, police procedural. Huh. They Yeah, they use the song in the show a couple of times, but it's not the theme song. Okay, that's enough. The show apparently doesn't have a theme song. I blame Lost for this, personally. Yeah. Stop it, David Damon Lindelof. Yeah. Okay. The Lost kind of... It was more of... You know like how Windows has a theme song? Yeah. When you boot it up? It's like... Boo. Yeah. Right? Lost kind of had that kind of theme song. It was like... See, I wish I could go back to them and say, hey... If you add, like, a minute and a half long theme song to every episode, maybe you'll ha buy yourself some more time to figure out what the hell's actually happening. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, there are plenty of, of shows that knew what was happening and still didn't manage to finish. Um, Lost didn't know and finished. So you kind of choose your poison. Just like Prom Night. All right. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> So, Chris. <laughs> I mean, the proof's in the pudding, isn't it? Right? <laughs> the American version went to 17 episodes. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I think that an animated version of Dune um, 
would probably do at least as well as Clone Wars. Um, Run for five seasons and get a theatrical movie. That's and a, it's coming back. And it's coming back. <laughs> yep. <laughs> what can I say? Ben pandered and he pandered well. I was really happy when I figured out they wrote that song after Dune was written. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Ben gets a point. Good job pandering there. I'm I'm very pleased with that one. Yeah, you would be. All I right. also think it would be a really cool show. Mm-hmm. Now, get me. Don't get me wrong. I think your version would go at least five episodes <laughs> more than the version that actually aired. Um, yeah. Thanks. I think. I, I mean, I pitched a very different TV show than what Life on Mars is. Yeah. Yes. To be fair. To be fair. To be fair. So next match is Jafar versus Chris. Okay. I will reach into this bag of cigarettes. And Jafar, lock it in. I will go ahead and take You Are So Beautiful by Joe Cocker. All right. Hmm. Chris? Well, I do have one of those. Yeah, You do we want some Cocker on Cocker violence for the first time in podcast history? No, I don't think so. Okay, yeah, that sounds terrible. Yeah, Cocker on Cocker violence is <laughs> it's just not the way. I don't know, that feels like you we would just be just the tip of something. We got a huge uptick really, in ben? searches right then, and don't know why. <laughs> Co- cocker on if, cocker so, violence. So if cocker on cocker violence isn't the title of this episode, I'm quitting. <laughs> Good it news, will be Chris. if you pick it. It's t- your turn to edit. So, <laughs> um, I'll do uh, "Knocking on Heaven's Door" by Eric Clapton. Okay. Okay. Which has the best chance of being a top ten hit today. So I'm turning on my my top uh, top 40 radio. Tell me why your song is on there. All right. So uh, a lot of modern music these days mm-hmm. tends to be very direct, kind of straight to the point. They're not real big on analogy or metaphor. They pick about 20 to 25 different words and repeat them a bunch. Uh, you know, from... Almost everything Justin Bieber's ever done. Um, some of his later stuff is a bit better. Uh, to, uh, you know, Nicki Minaj, You a Stupid Ho, You a You a Stupid Ho, uh, for I about think, four and a half minutes. I think that's more, there's um, more in the subtext of that than in the text, you know? Well, that's fair. But well, that she also sets, applies she to She sets you up with the You a Ho jab, and then comes the haymaker of You a Stupid Ho. Yeah. It, it really sets you real it. And so the. 15 words that exist in You Are So Beautiful (laughs) repeated over and over and over again will fit right in in modern pop music. It is it is a uh, an efficiency score that is very very pop friendly. Yeah. Okay, Chris. Okay. So I just um, I googled Eric Clapton Mm-hmm. On, well, on Google, 
I typed his name into Google and I hit enter. Um, do you know what it lists him as? What? A super group. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I can see it. He's a one-man super group. Um, I think that uh, Knocking on Heaven's Door is a perfect combination of inspired source material and transformative performance. So you've got you know, Dylan's very simple but very um, uh, expansive lyrics. And Clapton takes it and kind of turns it on its head and finds a way to spin it as like almost a reggae kind of number. Um, it's really relaxed. It's got one of the hottest, like one of the one of the simplest but most effective guitar solos in a, in a rock song. Um, and we're all soon about to be knocking on heaven's door. Um, in in an ordinary amount of time, but probably a little bit less than that, um, because the world is going to end in about twenty years. Ma. Take this carbon off of me. Yeah, <laughs> seems I optimistic. I can't breathe it anymore. <laughs> so I think I think really um, songs that are uh, about embracing the end um, are probably uh, going to be very popular. I think it's going to be in vogue uh, very soon uh, with the coming apocalypse. Okay. So I have to choose between modern music's utility of words. And modern music's nihilism, uh, both of which I believe are are good ways to go. You guys, you guys both found some nice me- uh, methods of trying to get yourselves into the top top ten. Um, frankly, I just think that we're a little we're a little sad enough that we don't want to go with singing about dying. We want to sing about love because we get too much sadness and death every, everywhere else. So I'm going to go with You Are So Beautiful. All right. I mean, the end is coming anyways. I mean, I appreciate where you went there, Chris. All right. The next match is Chris versus Ben. So let's, instead of going for some cocker on cocker violence... Let's do some Cocker after Cocker synergy. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to go with I Shall Be Released, uh, as performed by Joe Cocker, also known as John Robert Cocker. Order of the British Empire, Chris? Order of the British Empire, Ben. All right. Ben? I will go with Space Oddity, as performed by Commander Chris Hadfield. Okay. I am interested to see where this goes with this criteria. In particular, because it's happened again. You're being mugged in a dark alley. But wait, what's that? Up on the rooftop. (laughs) It's your song. Whose song makes the best vigilante? And then we have on the very bottom of this written, respect. 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 Chris. Okay. Uh, so I'm just going to read the first, uh, let's say, two verses of this. And I want you to imagine for a second that you're not hearing 
um, the exact performance, uh, although Joe Cocker does it wonderfully, but instead are hearing this um, as the lyrics being translated from Japanese of a like uh, of a superhero anime, right? Okay. They say everything can be replaced. They say every distance is not near. So I remember every face of every man who put me here. I see my light come shining from the west down to the east. Any day now, any day now, I shall be released. Okay. Joe Cocker is the hero that we need. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say that this is not just Joe Cocker. This is anime Joe Cocker. Okay. Um, is anime Joe Cocker still Order of the British Empire? Of course. Okay. He just wanted to clarify. He, he's got himself an actual fucking uh, longsword. He is that he's that much of an order of the British Empire. He wears armor. Like he wears like <laughs> armored pauldrons. So knight. He's an he's an actual knight. Okay. Um he's gonna be like a super knight cocker song. Um <laughs> and he's gonna descend into this alleyway um with a flash of, of bl- bright light um that flashes a couple of times. It's not safe to watch if you have epilepsy. Okay. Um this is early. This is like eighties anime, right? Okay. <laughs> Um, and he's, he drops down in a cloud of smoke because he's smoking because 80s animes were allowed to have characters that smoked. It's true. They smoke in Akira. Yeah. Um, and you know what, you know, you know why he's there? Why is he there? It's because evil in the world has released him, you know, like he was, he was slumbering, waiting for the moment. And then, uh, evil came out into the world and like, I'm going to mug you. And he's like, I shall be released. Okay. And then he drops down to the alleyway. He viciously decapitates all of your muggers. Um, and then you're just like coughing, mm-hmm. just like because there's a lot of smoke. Yes. Yeah. That's a, a lot it's, of smoke. It's a lot of smoke. Yeah. It's hard to breathe. It's very hard to breathe. There's, it's like a mist. Like and it you fina- can't see. It obscures your vision. It and burns it, your eyes. And it finally clears, right? At least it would burn your eyes if you still had a head and head feeling in it. And it yep. finally clears, and, and you want to like thank your, your savior. Right mm-hmm. for saving you from these muggers, even though their blood is all over you, like it's just everywhere. Yeah, spray painted the alley basically. Okay, um, but he's gone. Oh no! Yeah, where's he got off to? Who knows? So maybe maybe another evil is waiting to release him. Okay. So I'm in an alley. You're People in. are coming alley. after me. Yes. I think I see something up on the rooftop. What is that up there? But actually, it's just the correct angle. It's actually from space. Oh, wow. And it's coming down. It takes a minute because it's from space. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, yeah. But then the, the, the pod lands and out comes Commander Chris Hadfield in his spacesuit because he makes an entrance. The guy knows. Yeah. And the, the muggers are just like, oh, man. Ah, uh, okay. You just crashed a spaceship here. Like, clearly you mean business. But they're, they decide not to run because... It's, it's Commander Chris Hatfield. Everybody's like, hey, I just want to at least, like, see him. Yeah. And then he comes out, and he's just like, hey, I understand it's probably some bad socioeconomic factors that have you mugging people. Would you like some, to learn some crazy space science? And we're all like, yeah. And he Mr. Wizards for about 15 minutes, and then we all leave having become better people. Okay. Hmm. All right, so we've got... Anime Joe Cocker versus the Starman. Hmm. 
I'm I'm really I'm really torn here. <laughs> Are you burnt? Because I want to make some points um, about about how much of a nerd Chris Hadfield is. Um, he is. Um, yeah. I mean, he's also a minute late to the mugging, so it's probably over. Oh, I'm probably dead by the time yeah. he gets there. But then. <laughs> <laughs> but he's Canadian, so I can't really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Mm. Man. Okay. I know what I have to pick. And I have to pick it because on the off chance, should I ever meet Chris Hadfield? No, fuck you. <laughs> You're not going to. I want to be able to tell him. He's the best of us, Chris. That he's a superhero on my podcast. You could also meet <laughs> Joe Cocker. No, no, he's no, dead. He's dead. <laughs> I can't though. In heaven, you could meet him in heaven and be able to account for your actions on this plane. I also don't think that's gonna happen. So, we could just get that out of the way now. What? That you won't go to heaven, or that Joe Cocker's not there? I'm not happy with either <laughs> of these things. <laughs> Maybe we'll have a talk later, Chris. Right now, Ben gets the point. Yeah, fuck you. All right, well, the next match is Jafer versus Ben. So, yep, Jafer, you go first. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and pick the Wallflowers covering Heroes. <laughs> and I'm going to go with Janelle Monet covering Heroes. Right, there we are. That's what I was hoping would happen. Okay. <clears throat> this puts a lot of pressure on me as a judge because I'm going to be judging very subtle things, aren't I? Yes. Yep. All right. <laughs> All right. Fuck it. We're going with it. Your cover song is the first thing to come on in the car. How is your drive? My drive's fucking great. I'm really glad you didn't pull the one that was which 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 one of your picks has the is a part of the best cover canon. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my drive's awesome because the Wallflowers Heroes is on the 1998 Godzilla movie soundtrack. <laughs> oh, God. Is that the one with um, Matthew Broderick? Yes, yes, it is. And Jean Reno and Reno? Hank Azaria. Yeah. So the soundtrack, better than the movie. Um, How dare you, sir? Uh, all I'm saying is that there is a song, there's a version of Basket Case on that soundtrack that is Green Day Featuring Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm just going to throw that on the table now. On top of it, you've got Rage Against the Machine on that soundtrack. Okay. Um, which I'm going to pull up the exact line here. Because if you go, if you're thinking to yourself right now, Rage Against the Machine on a movie soundtrack... That doesn't seem like something they would agree to. You would be correct. But they did it anyways, in a way that only Rage Against the Machine can, including the lyric, Godzilla, pure motherfucking filler, get your eyes off the real killer. Okay. All right. Um, also, Jamiroquai, Deeper Underground, giving them the band their only number one hit. And Puff Daddy... Paying Jimmy Page a whole bunch of money to ruin Cashmere. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm having a pretty good drive. 
Cool. While we're on the topics of um, while we're on the topic of movie soundtracks, I just want to throw out an honorable mention. I know we don't usually do these during the <laughs> during the matches. Yeah. Um, but I want to throw an honorable mention to, of course. Uh, the best U2 song on a Batman soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Hold, Hold me, me, kiss me, me, kiss me, kill me. Kill me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. From Batman Returns. Yes. I love that song. <laughs> it's actually... <laughs> it's peak U2. Yeah, it's peak U2. Granted, peak U2, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ben. So, Heroes by Janelle Monet comes on, and I'm instantly transported into a headspace that is happy it is upbeat and it is just ready to take whatever is coming at me because i think one of the few people to really grasp the david bowie hero's headspace is janelle monet have you heard janelle monet's heroes yeah it's great it's fun it's poppy it is upbeat we have some fundamental disagreements about this song continue (laughs) uh and uh, have you seen the video? No, I just made a post. Okay, okay, there we are. Continue. Uh, but when asked uh, if she was afraid to cover the song, because this is back when David Bowie was still around, Janelle Monet, with her real, like, the upfront manner with which she handles the world, I believe, really shines through. She just says, hell no! <laughs> 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 she she told Rolling Stone from a cave in Mexico City, Bowie knows what's up, he's a fan, and I'm a fan of him. The respect is mutual. A cave in fucking Mexico City? Yes, it's great, it's fantastic, <laughs> it is everything I want from a pop uh, pop personality. Uh, that song, The song is great, her cover is great, and it makes me feel great. Wow. I, okay... So there's a couple things about Janelle Monet's cover of Heroes that you clearly missed out on, um, which is fine. You didn't watch the video. That's where most of this lives. Um, she took Heroes and tried to make it an anti-bullying anthem. That's what the focus of the video mm-hmm. is like, you know, you run away from your problems and you pretend to be a superhero when you're a little kid and you fight bullies. Right is the general premise of the music video. Okay. You do it with a couple other kids. You get all together. Um, this was made as a commercial segment for the Super Bowl. No, not yes. for the Super Bowl. It's for Pepsi. For uh, Pep- yeah, the Pepsi. beautiful game. It was for uh, soccer. Oh, for soccer. Yeah. Sorry, not the Super Bowl. Yeah, it was Pepsi sponsored for a sporting event. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, man. Like to me, it felt like. Remember when Skyfall first came out, Chris? Not yeah. the movie, but the single. Oh, yeah. And the single version being different than the movie version? Nah. Is it? It is. Okay. And when it first came out, we listened to it on the radio, and we're just like, Adele phoned this in. I thought that about the the version of the movie as well. Yeah. Um, it was just a really phoned-in performance. And that's 100% what I get from this version of Heroes. It's, it's like literally just like it took me back to sitting in the car with you listening to Skyfall. Like it was the exact same feeling. Cool. Ben, you want to talk some shit about 1994 Godzilla? Uh, no, because I love that movie. <laughs> but that's just because I love Jean Reno and pretty much everything he's in. Uh, and I love the idea of 
uh, French special forces have been keeping Godzilla under wraps, and now, and now he's out. <laughs> that is the thing in that movie. Okay, I'll talk a little shit about it just so that we're fair then. Um, so, the Wallflowers, Jacob Dylan is the lead man, son of Bob Dylan, yes. right? And he straight up channels his father in one of the choruses and does the straight, we could be heroes thing. Like, it's in the song. I laughed when I listened to it this morning before we got together to record because it's all like, oh yeah, that is like straight Ben's impersonation of Bob Dylan. Hmm. Do you know who do a really good cover of Heroes? Bob, Blondie? Bob Geldof. I wonder if he ever did that. Hmm. I don't know who that is. Bob Geldof played uh, the titular character of Pink in, uh, I guess it wasn't, he wasn't the titular character, in the movie version of The Wall. By Pink Floyd. Okay. He played Pink. He's also the guy that organized Live Aid. Yeah, the titular character of The Wall would be The Wall. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he does not play that character. Um, I believe that um, Roger Waters' ego plays that character. Um, Farewell. Yes. Fair enough, rather. Um, yeah, my knowledge about Bob Geldof... Um, which is unusual for a person of my age, um, <laughs> let, was the only reason that I knew when I went and saw Bohemian Rhapsody who this person was that was being featured prominently in a couple of scenes during the Live Aid sequence, uh, which was pretty cool, by the way. They did something on YouTube where somebody took the live footage uh, from the actual concert and put it side by side with the, uh, the film, including the audio, right? Mm-hmm. And so you have audio from one one uh, from the movie in your left ear, from the actual thing in your right ear, and it's not disorienting. Like the audio is, and they hmm. they recreated it. Like it's not the original audio. They had somebody re-record um, uh, the lyrics. They re-recorded everything, um, and it's spot on. And then you would never notice these things unless you watch them side by side. But Rami Malek does like the exact same hand things that Freddie Mercury is doing. He does a lot of the, the exact same dance moves. Uh, it's clear that was a, lot, a lot of care went into something that you would never see unless somebody put it up on YouTube side by side. Um, so yeah. Did you know that Bob Geldof was in a movie called Bernard and the Genie <laughs> in 1991 starring Alan Cumming and Rowan Atkinson? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> With uh, Lenny Henry has a hip genie. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and throw some pictures out here for this. Um, I think we need to find this movie. Yeah, probably. <laughs> there, Ben, some photos. I mean, it can't be worse than, uh, uh, was it, Spy Grandpa? Undercover Grandpa? Did Undercover you watch Gr that yet? God, no. Okay, we need to do that. We need to watch Bon Cop, Bad Cop. We do. Really, really badly. We need to do that. Yes. We'll bring it over sometime soon. Okay. Um, so this is tough. I really love Janelle Monet. Um, oh, but I think the fucking Godzilla thing wins. <laughs> um, I like the idea that Jafar wasn't just uh, going into his morning commute with one song. He had the CD of the soundtrack of Godzilla 1994. Um, and I think yeah. I think that all all good days ought to start with the soundtrack to Godzilla '94. '98, '98, '98. Yeah, sorry, no worries. Yeah, I once did. It is the first track on that album too, <laughs> so like it starts the whole thing. I once had a, ro a road trip um, 
uh, for work with um, a, a good buddy of, of ours um, who probably will never listen to this podcast, but um, I once had a road trip with a buddy and we listened to the Tommy Boy soundtrack, which is just thematically perfect for a road <laughs> trip, especially a work road trip. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Even down to like the, when it hit Eris 2, you guys have seen Tommy Boy? Not since it was briefly culturally relevant. It's been a long time. It's a fucking treasure. I can't believe this. Okay, okay well... I quit the podcast. Sorry. Well, that wasn't how I was expecting this to end. We had a good run. I didn't think it would be Tommy Boy that would drive a wedge between us. I hope... Edit, Chris, in the edit, you need to take this out and put in some really sad, like put in REM, Everybody Hurts right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, put in a cover of Everybody Hurts. <laughs> I appreciate that dedication to the meta. A cover of Everybody Hurts. Everybody Hurts. Sometimes. I mean, I think that putting in a cover version of it would also prevent us from hurting from being sued. Um, REM's not together anymore. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> Um, somebody is worried about it. <laughs> somebody is still making a bunch of money. <laughs> From R.E.M., I'm sure. Um, but yeah, no. Point to Jaffair. Okay. All right. Next match is Chris versus Jaffair. Okay. Chris, lock it in. I'm going to go with um, Ring Them Bells by Sarah Jaraz, although I heard... Another pronunciation of her name that might be right, which is Yarosh, um, but it is J A R O S C Z. O S Z. Hold on. O S Z. Regardless, yes, that's the song that I'm picking. And you fair? I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'll just do them back to back. Blondie's cover heroes. Okay. Which cover is in better company? So, to clarify, yeah. uh, this is either other artists that have done this song and other covers of this song, or other similar covers that this artist has done of songs along the, those lines. So I could talk about Blondie's other covers, or I could talk about other covers of Heroes. Okay. Very specific. Mm, is not trying to be specific. Okay. Um, do you know what the best company has been? What's that, Chris? The best company to be in is your own company. Because you never have a choice about it. You will mm-hmm. always be in your own company. Um, and so people who are very happy being alone tend to be pretty happy people, I think. Um of course, there is like crippling social anxiety sometimes that comes along with that, uh, but we'll put we'll set that aside. Um, this song does not have crippling social anxiety. Um, what it does have, however, is a more or less definitive version of Bob Dylan's "Ring Them Bells." Dylan wrote this song. The song lyrically is very inspired. It's a beautiful song. Um, let me uh, let me let me quote you some some selections from these lyrics here. Ring.
Ring them bells, ye heathen, from the city that dreams. Ring them bells from the sanctuaries, cross the valleys and streams. For they're deep and they're wide, and the world is on its side, and time is running backwards, and so is the bride. Like, beautifully evocative without being specific. Like, this is something that Bob Dylan is very good at. Um, you know, see all along the watchtower, right? For how you can tell a very uh, vivid story without needing to be very specific about it. Um, Bob Dylan's version of Ring Them Bells is just bad. It's just not good. It was from an era where Bob Dylan didn't care too much about the songs, uh, about how they sounded. It was just like he was writing really great songs and then straight up murdering them when he went to go record them. Um, so Bob Dylan's version is, Ring them bells, ye heathen, from the city that sleeps. It's like, it's sit down. It's really, like, it's, it's, it's about half an octave too low. Like, it should have been a little bit higher. Um, Sarah Jaraz is um, a beautiful musician. She is one of the best um, vocalists in the folk bluegrass world. Um, and she uh, plays the mandolin as well as, I think, the guitar. She's very talented. And she captures the beauty of these lyrics uh, and conveys it through her performance in a way that Bob Dylan not only maybe was not capable of doing, but seemed to have actively tried not to do. Um, so yeah, so this this is this song is in a company all its own, in that it, or maybe maybe it's not all its own. It might be in the company of All Along the Watchtower by Hendrix in terms of being a cover where it is a definitive version of it, like literally done better than its creator. And I did a search. The only other cover I can find of that is by Sufjan Stevens. Oh yeah, yeah. That's so pretty, that's a pretty Sufjan. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, if you're one of two, it's pretty good. Yeah, that is also a pretty good cover. Yeah. All right, Jafar. So, uh, Heroes has been covered by almost everyone. Um, I found 55 different covers of Heroes. That's um, one less than cover songs David Bowie performed. Yeah. So, I mean, there's The Wallflowers, there's Jeanne Monet, uh, which we've discussed already. Um, we mentioned Motorhead, Peter Gabriel, and um, the Postmodern Jukebox. And the Foo Fighters? Uh, Foo Fighters did Under Pressure. Under Pressure, yeah. Um, and Space Oddity, but that's a whole different story. The Foo um, Fighters should do Heroes if they have The Foo Fighters might have done Heroes. I'm not through the list yet. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, besides those, which we've discussed at least in some form already, uh, Peter Gabriel did a orchestral version of it. Um, right after David Bowie's passing, which is gorgeous, um, at a tribute concert to him. Um, Casabon did a good one. Oasis has covered it. Depeche Mode has covered it. Motorhead. Hold on. I think it's pronounced Depeche Mode. Depeche Mode. Yeah. <laughs> um, TV on the Radio did a very good cover. I don't know if you guys listen to TV on the Radio at all. No? No. Okay. They're one of those indie bands I like. They did a really good one. Um... Uh, there's the uh, version by Michael C. Hall in Lazarus, which is the musical David Bowie helped write right as he was dying. Um, that Michael C. Hall starred in the original pr production of. That's the guy, the guy from Gamer? Dexter. Is he in Gamer? You reference Gamer a lot, and I 
think I saw it. He's the bad guy. Is he the bad guy? He is the bad guy in yeah, Gamer. Yeah, and, and the giant action movie ends with him doing a weird dance number. <laughs> that is a weird fucking movie. <laughs> um, it's kind of our specialty here on this podcast. Billy Preston did a cover of Heroes, which is noteworthy because that's the guy who wrote the original version of uh, you, are you Are So, so Beautiful, Beautiful from that Joe Cocker covered. Um, all kinds of performances on X Factor and The Voice and all of those. Um, there's just... Most people have played this song at some point, it seems. Um, so there's a lot of talent that has played this song over the years. A lot of very talented people. So, looks like we have a choice here between quantity and quality. And, well, Joseph Stalin said, quantity has a quality all of its own. Was that Stalin who said that? Yes. That completely changes my grandfather quoting it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> that is a Joseph Stalin quote. Uh, since Joseph Stalin said that, I'm going to go with qual- quality and go with Chris. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no arguments there. Uh, no. I, uh, as soon as you said Oasis, I was just like, ooh, pass. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, last match is Ben versus Chris. Okay. Before the final. I go first, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, I need to add one more for the real, so this is a real tough choice. Uh, (laughs) But I'm going to go... Like we're going to collect those. How much editing work that is, Ben? I'm going to go with Mamma Mia by Five Iron Frenzy. Ah, as you put on the hat. Um, I'm going to go with Kansas City by the new Basement Tapes. All right. And your criteria is... Okay. Which is the better karaoke song? Okay. Ben? So, going up there, everybody's got a couple drinks. I got my bucket hat. Thank you, Chris. I bet you wish you hadn't bought me this now. (laughs) Oh, no. Every time you put it on, I'm happy that I bought it for you, Ben. All right. Um, So, get up there. Got your tropical patterned shirt on. uh, And the, the screen says... Mamma Mia. And everybody's like, all right, I know Mamma Mia. And you're like, but wait, Five Iron Frenzy. And then the horns kick in and everybody's having just a little bit more fun. Because Abba's good, but I think Ska just makes things a little more fun, a little more lively. And that is a fun and lively tune to begin with. It is something that is not going to bring the the bar down. It's not you doing uh, a song you forgot was five, six minutes long. It is in and out under three minutes. Mm. And everyone knows it. Everyone can, if not sing along, at least bop along at their table while they're having their conversations and hanging out. And it is a song that you can really throw yourself into and look as ridiculous as you want because it's a ska version of Mamma Mia. Nobody's going to be like, hey, that guy's doing a little bit extra. Because it fits. 
Okay. Chris? What's the name of the, the dance that, that Scott people do? It's called skanking. Mm. Nothing like uh <clears throat> nothing like skanking to spice up Mamma Mia. I don't know that I've ever done karaoke to a ska song. Maybe it's just that I haven't thought to. I mean, is New Basement Tapes Kansas City a ska song? It's not, no. Okay. No. Um, what it is... Is New Basement Tapes Kansas City something you would ever find on a karaoke <laughs> playlist? It would be a really hip karaoke <laughs> joint. It would probably be in Nashville, um, but it would be a really cool place. I mean, to- Five I- Iron Frenzy's version of Mamma Mia also... Up for that qualification. Fair enough. I want to go to this karaoke bar. <laughs> I can tell you what karaoke bar it isn't. Anyone any, we go to. Any of the ones on our corner. <laughs> no names mentioned. Um, so have you guys heard Kansas City? No. No. All right, I'm going to play a brief selection of it, um, just because otherwise none of this is going to make sense to you. I will still <laughs> say it. but So Kansas City has a couple of things going for it. First, there's a good two bars at the very beginning where you don't start singing yet. Um, so you can do that thing where you start singing before the lyrics start, right? That's important for karaoke. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, uh, the first verse people might know. The second verse they're not going to know. Um, but it is kind of like it follows a very predictable rhythm, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it ends with something that people will remember because it's the title of the song. I'm going back to Kansas City, right? Okay. And then immediately after the first verse, which takes all of 20 seconds, directly into the full-out belting chorus. This is the perfect karaoke song because you can start it off a little bit early. You can mumble your way through the first verse and on a good note by getting the one phrase in the song that you probably remember. And then you can sing from the top of, you know, from, from, the, uh, from the top of the mountain speak or, or sing like you know just belt it out um through that chorus um and i love you dear but just, but for how long it, really universal sentiments anybody who is in this super super hip karaoke <laughs> bar um with patrons who are is equally into um you know kind of like folk rock super groups as uh, ska covers of weird 70s bands um <laughs> maybe it is in kansas city um, it probably would be actually, yeah. So yeah, so it's it's a great song uh, for the, both for the performer um, because it's it kind of filled with the, the the standard things that you want to experience when you're going to go uh, karaoke, as well as for the audience because it is it gets to the point pretty quickly. Yeah. So I have to say, sitting in a karaoke audience, uh, both of these songs would require me to buy a drink if I heard someone sing them. In the manners described. And in that case, good job. Uh, You've done exactly what a karaoke bar exists for. Giving me an excuse to drink. That said, of the two, um, neither of them are going to be found on any karaoke machine ever. Um, So... Not our fault. I I guess that's... I guess that's a... Not a strike against or for either of you. It's kind of stasis. so, So here's... Okay, so there's an interesting little bit of trivia about mine. Which is that Bob Dylan hasn't recorded it. Um, <laughs> not helping your case, Chris. Yeah, coming out and saying not a cover song, not helping your case. No, it is a cover song. He wrote it, but he didn't record it. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. My stance on this is very clear. 
and has been well established. Okay. But on the basis of karaoke songs. Mm, on the basis of karaoke songs, Ben, I've heard plenty of ska covers, and three minutes is not enough time for me to get through the line to get a drink. Chris's five plus of him screaming is how, definitely... How long is your song, Chris? Four minutes and four seconds. That is too long for a karaoke song. Too, uh, that's what you want, though, because that's enough time to get a drink and sit back down. So with that logic, I'm going to go with Chris. That is, that is preposterous. Okay. Thank you. Uh, thank you. So, hey guys, I'm going back to Kansas City. Are you? No. Okay. Well, what we are going back to is the coin. The coin. Because we are all tied at two. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, damn. This, this has been a while. It's been oh, a while. <laughs> <laughs> Get them extra coins, Ben. <laughs> so, uh, for those listening at home who probably don't have a, a great memory episode to episode. Um, there's a special circumstance. Sorry. God damn it. You're the one who had to have this giant-ass arm. I'm Everybody else has nice ones that fit on the table. Yeah, and you had to be extra. And my microphone generates much less room noise. And <laughs> But it doesn't matter when there's only one of them. Also, extra. It's the stand, Let's not get your the microphone. Points. <laughs> Okay, so each of us is going to get a coin. A coin. And theoretically, two of them should match, producing the same result. And those are the two going to the finals. Um, should all three of us all land on heads or tails besides the statistical improbability, we, just we will do it just again. do it again. And if we do it three times in a row... We just it's end the episode at a tie. We end the episode, we all won. If it's on heads last time, and if it's on tails the last time, we all lose. Works for me. Cool. All right. Three, two, one. I'm a heads. I tails. Don't, I didn't even follow. I think I'm a heads. You're a heads. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> the all coin right. has betrayed me. All right, Ben. It's going to be Fair versus Chris in the final. And I'm going to go ahead and round out my picks and go with Old Crow Medicine Show Wagon Wheel. Whew. Um, I guess I'll do the same, and I'll go with uh, Maggie's Farm by Brass Against. Okay. Where's the last criteria? Right there. That is not it. That is the karaoke one. No, the karaoke one's right here. Oh, did... <laughs> God damn it, Chris. <laughs> what? <laughs> you... No, I didn't write that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Did both of you guys write a karaoke prompt? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, cool. Um, okay. We can uh, call it a tie. <laughs> no, uh, ben, ben will come up. You don't have Don't to... write the criteria. Oh, I guess, yeah. It's No, yeah. You can write the criteria because it's Chris and I. Yeah. Uh, do you want to know what the criteria was last time? Sure. Um, the criteria for the finals last time are... Did it just add banjo? Yep. <laughs> uh, what is the best chance of it being a top ten hit today? And which song's original version was more popular? Okay. Um, None of those are particularly good for this. And one of them is just outright Jafer loses. <laughs> did, it, did it just add banjo? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love Old Crow. 
They added a bunch of banjo. They added a bunch of banjo in that song. Uh, you know what? No. Because we had double double criteria, we're doing it. Okay. It's karaoke night. Which song really brings the house down? Because Jaffer based his on the criteria of which gives me enough time to go to the bar and back. Yeah. Which fair. makes you the asshole at the karaoke bar. <laughs> Okay. So I'm going to judge as a discerning karaoke patron. Okay. I mean, Old Crow Medicine Show's Wagon Wheel will bring the house down at karaoke. Um, it's well known enough, both either its version or Darius Rucker's cover. Um, I mean, we've been to bars and heard it. It's not like... Darius... Oh, oh, I was on vacation, and I heard it played on steel drums. Yeah, like... That's cool. Yeah, that is cool. I want to hear that. Um, so it's a well-known enough song. People sing along. Um, we personally have led sing-alongs of this song so many times in our lives now. Probably at least 20-some times we have done this um, over the years. And everyone always jumps in and is moving and singing with us. And it always brings the house down every time. No question. All right, Chris. Um, so most people probably won't have heard this song. Um, Maggie's Farm by Bob Dylan is a pretty uh, niche uh, song. Um, it's not one of his more well-known songs. Did he not record it? No, he recorded it. Did he record it? Okay. He recorded it. Um, and it was covered by Rage Against the Machine, right? And Rage Against the Machine added something to this uh, in a similar way that they did to The Ghost of Tom Joad when they covered uh, that song by, um, by uh, Bruce Springsteen. Uh, the song has some dominant themes of anti-capitalism uh, and Rage's kind of like revolutionary agenda was just a perfect fit for it. So I understand why they covered it, right? Um, Brass Against takes all of Rage's, uh, like, pent-up frustration, like, ain't gonna work on Maggie's farm no more, right? Uh, they take that and they add, a, like, fantastic brass section, right? Um, so the, the main guitar riff of Rage Against the Machines version, which no, notably not featured in Bob Dylan's original version, um is accented with a like fucking awesome tenor sax uh line is it tenor i think it's baritone sax um like just following the guitar on it and that adds texture um you know the the, the vocalist comes in ain't gonna work on maggie's farm no more and the uh, brass starts swelling behind them and man if it doesn't make you wanna fucking riot and tear down uh tear down the government and start that proletariat revolution yeah start the like yeah fuck the the bourgeoisie um uh we're gonna we're gonna seize the means of production and we're going to uh we're gonna make this country uh we're gonna make this country great again <laughs> that's a little irony right there um i think that if you're ever going to have <laughs> um an insurrection of the people by the people for the people it's going to start in a karaoke bar, Ben. And if it's going to start in a karaoke bar, you better bet there's going to be some brass involved with it. That's some good pandering there, Chris. 
That's some real good pandering. <laughs> took a lot of work to get to that pandering. Uh, can appreciate that. <laughs> that's that's some that's some real good. And you know what? I can't I can't not but, reward but, it. But Ben, how many times have you led the chorus of Wagon Wheel and had people singing with you? And when I did it, it was a cover. When Old Crow did it, it was not. Oh, Chris wins. <laughs> I'm going to remember that. <laughs> it just popped up in the corner of the screen. Jafar will remember this. <laughs> Whew. I, I feel good about winning, but no, I No, but this, also, is, this is a very tight... I, anyone of us could have won. Yeah, no, no literally three-way tie going into the finals. This, this was not a decisive victory. I feel some heat from this one. I'm just really glad because I didn't realize that there was a vocalist in your version. You just said it was an all-brass cover. Oh. I was just like, oh, man, doing a... Th- you know, a, a karaoke song of an instrumental. That's that's a bold play. Yeah. I've I've picked our next topic. Okay. What's the, oh, please tell me it's Beyblades. It's not Beyblades, Chris. Damn it! <laughs> no, no, no. Fair remembered this, and he is responding in turn with the proper dialogue tree, because Ben. Uh huh. Ben, Ben, Ben. Yes? I'm proposing we're going to be doing a draft similar to our draft draft. Okay. Um, where we got really drunk and brought a bunch of beer. No. But, but we're not going to do it with alcohol. Because next week... We're doing the cheese draft. Oh, no. And your lactose intolerant oh, ass no. is going to be sitting here eating cheese all night. Oh, no. I mean, yeah, but no. Oh. oh. This, guys, this presents a logistical problem. Do you not want to do the cheese draft? <laughs> I feel like no, you're no, gonna... no, 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 no. Uh, logistical problem here. Um, we've only got the one cheese in the bunker. Oh, yeah. So we're going to have to make some cheeses. <laughs> some, I mean, some homemade cheeses here. There's there's definitely the, the raw ingredients around. Cool. I'm going to make my preferences for cheese known right now. Uh, because if either of you are going up against the other, um, and I'm judging, um, I don't like super moldy cheese. Um, so just bear that in mind. If you're going for like the cheese lover's cheese, maybe don't. <laughs> um, maybe maybe focus on the flavors um, and not on the distinct mold uh, or, or fungus uh, kind of characteristics. Well, this will be fun and exciting. Okay. Next week, we'll be back with the cheese draft. It's going to be cheesy. Yes. Uh, I can already feel my, my stomach <laughs> tightening and Better not... stock up on lactate. Yeah. I hope you can find some in the bunker. Uh... It's okay. If I can't, we can... it's everybody's problem. So, <laughs> <laughs> so think about that. Think about what you have wrought. You guys know that we still get Amazon in the bunker, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's how I get all my new PS4 games. I'm going to find out real quick. I hope so. In the meantime, uh, thanks as always to the band that covers themselves 
performing the original version of how it feels. <laughs> um, the Kickstand Band. You can find their music at thekickstandband.bandcamp.com. And feel free to shoot us an email at drafttheuniverse.gmail.com. Uh, let us know some of your favorite cover songs. Let us know what cheese you like. And join the conversation on facebook.com slash drafttheuniverse. Follow us on Twitter at draftthevers. Hold on. Just, just to interject here. Maybe the best thing that we've ever asked for comments on. <laughs> What's your <laughs> favorite cheese? Hey, fans, send us an email. Let us know what cheese you like. <laughs> we do want to know. I want to know. If we don't get viewer mail for this one, I'm going to be kind of upset. Please send us some cheeses that you like. Yeah. I'm uh, excited for the, the great uh, Velveeta versus non-Velveeta uh, debates. <laughs> oh, God, Ben, are you just bringing Velveeta? You, you can get on Ben's case about that by replying to at draft the verse since Ben mans the Twitter and tell him that Velveeta is not cheese and not eligible for drafting. Are we going to accept cheese products? Is, is it called cheese? <laughs> no, sometimes it's specifically called a cheese product. Yes, indeed. And what is the first word of that? I would take the magic card that cheese stands alone as an eligible draft pick before I let you take fucking Velveeta, Ben. And that's not because I'm bitter, but it's because I'm your friend. And you can hear more about that friendship next week, Internet. Bam! Segwayed out. Like Smoke a bomb. Like a boss. Facebook marketplace sometimes. Yeah. Because people are selling like the most inane shit that clearly has no value to like anyone ever. <laughs> like a lot of miscellaneous 1990s Marvel cards. One dollar. Approximately 20 cards. <laughs> like clearly worth That's some, that's somebody running a hustle, right? <laughs> that's somebody laundering uh, no, not money laundering. He's just like, that's somebody who's just trying to get a couple of bucks together. So he found a couple of things in his mom's basement, and he's just like, I don't, I don't mean to assume his gender, maybe maybe it's a her, yeah. but it feels an awful lot like a dude. Yeah, like, uh, another one I just looked at was over 190 Dragon Ball Z cards for $5. It's the same, it has to be the same what? dude. <laughs> what? It's the same dude, he's liquidating all of his childhood over 190, possession. like, possessions. Like, okay. Over 190, so you don't say 200, right? Yeah. Like a logical human being. But you also don't put the exact number down. Is it like 191, 193? Did you count them? Are you guessing? Because well, if it's at least guessed, 195, you say about 200. Right? Like, <laughs> what was, what probably what was happened? the onus okay, behind let me, about 190? 
I've had a I've had a, a, a flash of prescient vision, and I can tell you exactly what's going on here. Okay. Okay. This guy. Back. Let's hear it. This guy is six dollars short of a die bag. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so he sees his like twenty Marvel cards. Like whatever. Nobody's gonna need to fucking count those dollar. Okay. Oh, I have I do have a lot of Dragon Ball Z cards though. That might require a tiny bit more accounting. Let's see how many I have. Okay. One ninety two. Okay. Cool. Oh, you know what? Let's double check that. One ninety five. Oh. Um, fuck it. Over 190. Six <laughs> dollars oh, short for a dime bag is a tough place to be. Yeah, <laughs> because do you know what you're also short for if you're six dollars short for a dime bag? Anything that costs more than four dollars? <laughs> Anything? Okay. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry. Um. <laughs> <clears throat> <laughs> Bob Dylan covering Carlos Santana's smooth. <laughs> oh, you're so smooth. No, I, I, can get a, I can get a clean take. I can get a clean take. So, my brother loves ketchup chips, which for a very long time you couldn't get in the states. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so every time uh, that he would that we would go over to visit my mma, she would have like two or three bags of ketchup chips waiting for him, which is very nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like all dressed chips. During that same stretch of time, you could also not get all dressed chips, right? I never got a single fucking bag. Were you as vocal about your love as he was? I was. Now, to be fair... To be uh, fair. It seems more appropriate to say that right now. (laughs) Um, To be fair, there was usually a bag of all-dressed chips just at the party, Mm -hmm. like, at the the event, because that was just, like, a thing that you would have out. You would have some, like, some crackers and a cheese ball and all-dressed chips and bugles and... (gasps) Bugles. Bugles. Apparently there's a thing in Norway where it's like chocolate bugles, like bugles, but in chocolate, like hmm. covered in chocolate. Hmm. Um, oh man, you, t- you get those, you get a can of whipped cream. Just yeah. Oh my God, bugles. You could put like a tiny scoop of ice cream in there and then eat it and it would make you feel like you're a monster. <laughs> <laughs> I am a giant person. <laughs> But anyway, you need a uh, ice cream scooper the size of the Baskin and Robbins sample spoons. <laughs> I just get a Baskin and Robbins sample spoon. It's not the same. It needs to be a scooper. <laughs> uh, you could take a lighter and melt the plastic a little bit, <laughs> or you just get a thing that's a quarter teaspoon. Right. Not the same. You know, Jafar wants a purpose-built. Ice cream scooper for very small people. <laughs> for very small ice creams. Anyway, very small ice creams, them. yeah. We're not going to be heightest about That's the true. size of the ice cream that you eat. Mm-hmm. Sizest? I don't know. 